the amount of time I waste on Instagram and TikTok is like really dumbfounding and actually makes me feel, I'm glad I'm admitting this because it makes me feel really guilty actually. Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. Gonna keep the announcements quick. I've got one show I'm just gonna promote right now. I'm hosting a Halloween show. It's a spooky seance. It's called Are You Afraid of the 90s? Happening Friday, October 21st. I know I've hinted at it before, but now the ticket link is up. You can find it at TeresaLeeComedy.com slash shows. It is going to be at the public displays of Altadena, an awesome new venue that's very experimental. It's it's small, intimate setting, so the tickets are probably going to sell out. Um, so get them in advance. $10 in advance, $15 at the door. If you wear a costume, 90s theme in Courage, I will give you a free drink. Maybe more than one free drink. Who knows? It's going to be fun. I have such a, I, I'm just like literally one of those projects that I'm excited about making a video for. It's going to be dancing, going to be doing bits, stand up, probably be dressing up as the mask. Um, great lineup. Um, tons of past guests on the show. Brody Reed, Madison Shepard, Charles Gould, Kat Toledo. Um, who else is on the show? It's literally an insane lineup. I'm very excited. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you guys can check it out. Um, I'm, I'm literally recording this intro right after therapy where I cried. So I am due for a nap. So I'm going to keep the announcements short, shorts. Oh my gosh, short. That's the big one. And then tonight, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out tonight, I'm going to be at the Glendale Tap doing a free, I'm just doing a set on a show. So I believe it's free. Come hang out at the Glendale Tap. If you're a confidant, come say hi. Um, that's it for the announcements. Don't forget to get tickets to the Are You Afraid of the 90s show. It's going to be so much fun. Trust me. Now, enjoy this episode with Nina Tarr. You can tell her. You can tell her. What's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. You know me, Daddy T. I'm so excited for my guest today. Um, she has a podcast called Girls on Guys. Did I get that name right? I hope I did. Yeah. Yes. Um, that voice you're hearing is Nina Tara. What's up? What's up? Dude, I like your Father Longlegs. That's really, that's just oh. the formality <laughs> of the pinky spider. The, yeah, I, I don't like spiders. I don't know why... Um, uh, how that I can't remember. it was like from this podcast and then it just kind of stuck and now that's how I go do you have a nickname on your pod I just think like the aka thing just felt like a podcast thing but I love that I wish I've always been the type of person literally since I was a child I've wanted a nickname my, my whole life I've never had a nickname people really? say like I mean my name is two syllables and so yeah. sometimes people be like hey mean I'm like really mean <laughs> really you gotta no, like um, inception your own nickname. I mean, I know it's not kosher to do that. Like you're supposed to be gifted one, but I, I feel like at, if you want a nickname, you should just go for it, you know? I don't know. Then then you kind of fall into that George Costanza like Seinfeld episode where it's like, I'm gonna go by T-Bone. It's like, you can't <laughs> call yourself T-Bone. Like you gotta like be gifted. It has to be like anointed. You have to be anointed. Yeah. I you never stumble upon it. Yeah, or just somebody like, you know, and. Here's the thing. Usually nicknames are uh, like either derogatory or like just pejorative in some way. So I'm kind of like, oh, I guess maybe that's good. Like, you know, what if it's like, hey, diaper girl. Yeah, remember that one time? Diaper girl. That's you. Well, I was going to ask because your handle on Instagram is pizzabarty69, which is a great handle. 
Um, but like one of the sort of like remaining relics of when our usernames were our names plus comedy. And so I love that. But I was going to ask like, is it, I mean, was there an origin to that? Or are you just like, that's funny and let's, let's just do it. What's my AIM name in high school? And, oh, and really? when I joined Instagram, it was like very long time ago. Like I joined Instagram in 2010. Okay. It's like original so like, days of it. Right. When yeah, people use like, the Hefe filter or whatever. Like legit, because it was a, it was initially a, um, it was initially a app for photographers. That's what it was for. It was oh. you could take, you couldn't even upload things onto it. You have to only use the filters that they gave you and take photos with it. And it was just like a photo sharing right. platform. Right. I vaguely remember one. this. Yeah. yeah. And so I dated a guy uh, who was a photographer, and he's like, "Oh, you should download this app." That's how I got it. So like wow. over a decade, I mean, God, it's like kind of insane. It was like 13 years ago, I feel like, like right? Oh my God, like, yeah, we've really lived through quite a landscape change. Cause I remember really before Tinder, you know, like there was a website called Date My School that was going around different colleges trying to like, I went to NYU, so they love to like try out those college apps on us. Cause it was like New York or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I met my college boyfriend on that, which I think is so funny. Like New York doesn't need a date, especially college kids in New York do not need dating apps. They're already like so, not only are they horny, they have like so much time and energy to allocate to literally just fucking that it's like, why are we putting this on? It's kind of, it's kind of wild. Although, okay, for, from my experience, I mean, I wasn't like a party, like I, I, I think I like, I just was trying to do a joke about this and didn't make sense, but I was like, I tried to study abroad in like slut world. But I never felt like I actually was, you know? So I did need to get a little encouragement. Like I joined a sorority, I was like, but I wouldn't just like go out and fuck a stranger. Um, that wasn't my vibe. But now I feel like with apps, it's easier to look strangers up. But so I will say like the dating apps within school, I feel like we're helping for like the aspiring sluts like me who needed like a little bit of like, let me make sure you're not a psychopath. Oh, I can see like your profile and, and our mutual friends. Um, Traceable. But, you want to traceable. Tra- yeah, traceable. Turns out that guy was st- st- still kind of a, well, I don't know, <laughs> much loved him, but he was just a frat boy. And uh, actually, I feel like I owe him a lot now because I still have, a, a, like, a joke I still do about how he had Chinese characters tattooed on his calves. And at this point, like, he hasn't hurt me really in a way that I should keep doing that joke, but it's a funny joke, so I'll keep doing it. So honestly, I think I'll commemorate him in my, in my, uh, in memoir. memoriam. Yeah, in memoriam, my love for this frat boy. <laughs> um, well, uh, before we get into your confession, um, I do like to ask um, my guests, and this is very like broad, you can answer however you want, but my, th- I, this podcast was sort of inspired because I started going to therapy late in life, and I really like being like heard, and you know, uh, not just on stage, but like in my authentic truth. So I like to ask my guests, like, what's your experience with therapy? Do you go? Have you gone? Do you hate it? Love it? Whatever. Like, there's no right or wrong answer. I just like to get sort of people's general, or if you have a different, like, self-care plan or whatever. So sort of in that realm. Um, I'm uh, very pro-therapy. I have a great therapist. I also started therapy a little later in life, like, definitely after. I was, I always knew that I was, like, (laughs) I'm a little fucked up. Um, in my, I just didn't really grow up with like the best, uh, mm. kind of upbringing background, if that makes sense. Uh, where, right, did, where did you grow up? I grew up in Orange County, uh, which oh, okay. is funny because, uh, there was already like, I grew up, uh, not affluent in a very uh-huh. affluent area, which is like, 
really fucked up because it's like very classist there and very conservative and i have an immigrant mother i'm like first generation Mm -hmm. first person my family born in this country immigrant mother from the middle east single mother like pretty poor you know Uh we're poor and then like went to fucking like grew up in like really affluent areas so i got (laughs) made fun of for being poor an immigrant and like just every sort of thing under the fucking sun and i was like um but that's yeah. wild that kids made fun i mean i i went to one year of catholic school where that that was like i was so shocked because i grew up in the bay and it's like there's sort of like um it, willful ignorance to classism like, like it's liberal. there yeah but then when i went to this catholic school for a year i was like p- like people make fun of people for being poor and i was like what that's like a thing and i mean obviously it is i was a little naive but that's Just wild to me consideration that these children like I'm, I'm telling you red like it's uh orange county is a red dot in the blue state yeah in consideration that these children are raised by primarily conservative republicans and right. so there's a trickle down effect and so it's like they don't even know political affiliation they're literally like nine ten years old uh-huh. but they hear kind of like you know all this like it, it's pretty wild but like you know i'm like these kids they don't know what they're doing it's just like their parents it's a very conservative area so it's like um i wasn't like people were like oh, i can't believe people made fun of you for like being persian i'm like dude like they didn't even say it was so fun. i tell people this and it's like so wild because like um i'm clearly like a white lady like, i'm a white woman <laughs> and like, like clearly but when i was growing up because like they're so fucking like just so fucked up but like they they would be like well you're actually not white and i'm like you know oh what's weird is that you think that's like a bad thing that's why you're <laughs> like that's like because they're like i know ah. you're like and i'm like okay that's like it's actually worse that you think that because it makes you seem like well god like you're not even white and it's just like, like anybody oh, yeah anybody that's like policing how white you are <laughs> from the other side is like that's not that ain't it like don't do that dude it was so crazy man very cringy but like um yeah i i uh, have been going to therapy for a while i mean i guess they started kind of later in life i'll kind of go in and out of it so like were you like on your own already? Because I, I know with I don't know how it is in Persian families. I know in Asian immigrant families, it's very much like it's not a thing. And in oh. fact, like my mom was upset when I started going. My mom so is still upset that I'm in really? there. I'm also on. I have a psychiatrist. I'm on Wilkinson, uh-huh. and my mother is nice. Very upset about that. She like huh. she's like, so, so when are you going to get off of it? I knew you needed it for a little bit. When are you off? <laughs> And I'm like, honestly, I think this, it's really changed my life. It saved my life, actually. Yeah. It saved my life. And um, I don't think I'll be, I don't have any negative uh, side effects from it in any way, shape, or form. And I'll probably be on for the rest of my life. And she's yeah. like, okay, but like, you know, work on getting off of it. Because it's not good to be on any <laughs> is a fucking scientist wow literally works oh she decided oh my god <laughs> works in medicine is like do not take it though i work wow. in a job but don't take it and i'm like wow yeah, that's wild i mean yeah there's yeah. definitely cognitive dissonance because like my mom i mean now i i started meds like 2020 and so it took me a while to like i think i have some internalized like i, I would tell people like oh go ahead go ahead but then i was like but i don't need it and then finally when i got on i was like oh my god so much better. I was literally having like hour long panic attacks before. So I I'm like, yes, dude, I completely identify. I didn't even realize that I was struggling so much mentally and emotionally until I just had like 
I can see clearly. Yeah, it's like I was like trying to breathe underwater this whole time. It's like somebody was just like, just drain the pool, dude, or whatever. I'm like, oh yeah, I can breathe that. Yeah, it was a, that was a really big relief for me. But I, I think that um, any like traditional kind of family like structure or not, not structure necessarily, but culture rather. Mm -hmm. So like, um, you know, Persians, Asian, like probably yeah. like, like Latino, like it's just all like you don't need any of that shit. Like what yeah. are you talking about? I mean, my parents are both also like boomers, and like they could definitely use a lot of therapy. Like they're both like, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy because I try, to, I try not to be preachy, but like you know, I'm like, mom, it would really help you. Like my mother literally lost her country in like the most devastating yeah. way. Like literally saw like people hanged in the streets, and it was like Damn. not only therapy. And I'm like, she has like such hardcore trauma. Wow. And it's just like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And it's like, tough uh, because it's like as a whole generation, like they've all kind of agreed to like live in a different reality where it's like, it happened, but like they have to almost act like it's not a big deal. Otherwise it all explodes. I feel like our generation is almost like, especially first generation, like there's an, I mean, I don't know, this is like a TikTok thing I see. I'm like, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm like, we are here to break the generational trauma. I'm like, I do kind of like you know not in a oh my gosh we're divine but in a like we have the capacity because we and the grew up the yeah are big because because therapy is now normalized and back in mm -hmm. the day like i mean you got to think of like one flew over the cuckoo's nest like that was yeah. the idea therapy was really allocated to mentally ill people right like, so really mentally ill people i wouldn't really consider myself like mentally ill to be honest with you i i have um an anxiety disorder and i suffer like a little bit of depression but you know um that's yeah. like i feel like everyone has something you know what i mean yeah. and i really don't want to co-opt that like i think oh, there's a lot of people that are very severely on that mental health kind of like spectrum that is like and i so it's I however like you feel comfortable but i have yeah i understand because i sometimes will like I, like i'm like mental illness is you know it's it's totally okay it's normalized to talk about i'm like i do have mental illness but then even not sometimes like in the different context like in an academic context i'm like yes mental illness and then yeah. if i'm like talking you know i don't there's a weirdness i once asked my boyfriend i was like do you like say like when you introduce like if you tell people you're like my girlfriend's mental ill and he's like no like first of all why would i say that but it made me have that thought because there is an othering in the way we say that even if we want to normalize it it's like we can't undo the history so i, think I everyone's, everyone's yeah. ill everybody is ill whether i think neurodivergent is the new word but it's still yeah. just like another phrase i'm like okay dude, whatever well, it's <laughs> but it's like we're all we all suffer from you know the human condition and it's a yeah you know consciousness is a burden it's a difficult thing to damn have. someone's like, been uh doing shrooms no um. yeah dude. um but i i think um you know, I, I wish that it was like more normalized because when I started seeing my therapist, I was like, you know, I, I started seeing, let's see, I the first time I did therapy, I think I was in college, I was like probably 19 years old. And um, it was just like a free service and it wasn't really that helpful. And I kind of felt like, because it was connected to like my college, I was like mm. a little like shady about like, oh, what if I like say something? And then they're like, actually, we're gonna tell you. <laughs> like, and so I got a like, oh, I don't know about this. And um, I avoided it for a while. I definitely was of that kind of uh, thought process and ilk of like my mother being like, you know, I think there's a stubbornness in wanting to take care of yourself. It's really an yeah. ego thing. 
It's like, well, I've made it this far, so why do I need to call in reinforcements? Why do I need to yeah. bring someone else to fix my issues? And also, like, why do I need to outsource this? And a lot of people do believe this. They do believe that entering into, you know, therapy is going to make them excavate things from their past, and they'd rather just keep it there. Right. And the thing is... It doesn't stay, though. It comes out no matter what. Get your ass. Like, that's the thing. I think so many, like, just back to our parents thing, it's like this avoidance of wanting to do therapy. It's like, it's you, like, you're, you act like, oh, that was in the past. I'm over it. I'm like, you're literally so affected by it now and you don't even realize it. Well, that's the thing. If you're even thinking, like, I got to keep that in the past, that means it's taking energy to keep it, right? Because there's things that I forget about that I process, like, that... Like, I've gotten much better at relationships. I used to be in, like, so many shitty ones. But now I, my boyfriend and I, like, go to therapy together because we want to both work on it. Mostly because I came in with, like, so much baggage. I was like, we need help. But I've noticed, like, sometimes we'll have a, a little argument or something now and we'll actually process it. And then he brought it up once in therapy. It was something that I forgot. And I was like, oh, we actually processed it. And he was like, yeah, same. I only wrote it down because at the time I was like, it might be good to talk about. But now we've both, like, forgot what it was not because we denied it but because we just processed it so i'm like yeah, oh. working through it it's it's so hard that delicate balance because you know i have a boyfriend who's like in therapy and very good about like taking care of his issues as well and as my and it's really nice like i mean i feel really proud and happy that i have that um but you can fall into the what's difficult is like you don't want to like go into the minutia of every nook and cranny like well yeah. when you said it like this <laughs> i felt like this and the tone that like then you're just getting like solipsistic in your own shit yeah, yeah. so because it's good to process things but i think sometimes like we've him and i have definitely fallen into this like place of being like well and i'm like wait what are we even like if you so meta i'm like wait what are we even talking about again i like completely i wonder if that's like being a comedian too though because there's an element of dissecting communication in comedy and i feel like i'm always trying to self-reflect because it's like oh if i can fix the difference between me and the audience i can get through to them but then i feel like i shouldn't be doing that in my like day-to-day life but sometimes i'll be like oh i didn't explain myself well, yes. I, and then you know it's like just be yourself and then the, it will Sounds come like if you could only see from my perspective <laughs> understand and it's like you have to really let go of the idea that like you're going to be misunderstood sometimes yeah and you do anything about it and it doesn't take more communication to it's kind of almost like not throwing your hands up in the air but just being like all right well i guess it's like the agree to disagree thing which is like the most aggravating end to anything because then you're <laughs> but I can't, like, this is... Yeah, I think agree to, I like feeling like agree to be different, take up different space, because then you feel like, oh, we don't need to agree, because it's like a tree doesn't have to agree with water, but they have to realize that they're not, a tree has to realize, oh, I'm not water, and you're not a tree. Does that make sense? This is when I lose people, okay, (laughs) when I start thinking... (laughs) I'm like reading a book that oh, actually River Butcher recommended it called Braiding Sweetgrass, but it's really like getting into like the trees and the language of like nature. And I'm like, yes, totally. And then I talk to people day to day and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> are you on mushrooms? Um, I love mushrooms. Mushrooms are the best. Uh, well, I think we'll take a break right there. When we get back, we'll get your confession. We're back. Nina, the time has come. Do you have anything you would like to tell me? 
Well, some of it is just like, oh God, is that like, yeah, it's like, how dramatic do I want to be with this? Do I want to go like, like, all right, dude, this is real shit. Or, or do I want to be, what do I want to be like, you know what? I don't mind Meg Ryan movies, you know? She's okay. Um, <laughs> Honestly, whatever you want. Guilty pleasures for me are kind of a confession, like a big one, because I, this is going to sound, I'm going to sound like such a fucking douchebag, but I am, so it's fine. Because um, <laughs> I, I am like, huh, kind of like an elitist snob when it comes to art. Like, you know, when it comes to music, I'm literally- You have good taste. I feel like it comes through in your comedy because you'll like reference like literary greats or whatever. And then... film and people are like, what? Yeah. Like, I don't know. But so I, I am, especially like, I don't know. It, intellectualism was like always like a big thing for me. And so like growing up, I think cause I grew up poor wanting to like be, have like a rich mind, if you will. Okay. Was very, like I, I was always using really big words and like trying to read <laughs> really dense literature as like a 16 year old, like Dostoevsky uh -huh. and <laughs> literally, literally like Nietzsche and like Kierkegaard. And so, and it was, there's such a, it's like looking back on it, it's funny. Cause I'm like, wow, what a little fucking charlatan I was. But like, I, I think yeah, that- I feel like I could just have a picture of you reading what's the like, uh, um, Madame Butterfly or something in a cafe or whatever. I just, like, I totally know what you mean, but it's, um, it's funny. Cause I feel like in a way those are meant like they're not really meant for teenagers, but because old writers, like at the time they wasn't, but I don't know any adults who were like suddenly taken interest in. So I actually think that's the right time for you to read those books. You know what I, I mean? No, so, but it's funny because your um, ability to actually cognitively understand that dense literature sure. is just not there. Like your brain is literally not developed enough. Like it doesn't But that's what's fun. It change it gives you a filter to see the world that's not objective. Like you can interpret it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I um. Well, I, I say all of that to say that like uh, taste was like a really important thing to me. Like the books I read, the movies I watched, like music especially. And so like when I say like I have certain guilty pleasures, like oh my god, if I would tell any of my friends that they'd be like, "You're a fucking loser," <laughs> and I'm like, "I know, I know." And it's almost like I've been so afraid to like even like something cheesy that I always go in like the opposite route where people are like Game of Thrones I'm like I never watched that uh... <laughs> you know I don't watch that I remember even like watching Euphoria and feeling like wow I'm a part of the zeitgeist like oh look gosh. at me I, like, I have, I'll stand Euphoria I didn't watch it when it came out and then I watched it in between seasons I was like oh my god and then now I'm like I don't care if it's not real or it's millennials making fake Gen Z content it's for me yeah it's for me um so what is the okay i like this confession because i feel like we're getting that something but it's also like something about your personality is also confession i'm like uh, i'm clinging on so tightly um what um, is the trashy bad like quote unquote bad that junk junk stuff that you like that you're so I embarrassed about love like love island fucking <laughs> love like rock of love that's like old school shit flavor of love uh-huh i love like all of the like jersey shore um yeah like what's a horrible one that there's love, love and hip-hop love is blind is great oh, love is blind fucking, uh oh 90s day fiance I love <laughs> so I you love, love reality trash or reality or just like watching people be their worst, but in the best possible scenario. 
oh, for them yeah. to be their worst. Like, that, watching that shit, but it's also like, I'm kind of ashamed of it. It's also like, you know, watching, this is, this is actually, I feel like a better confession. I think because like our phones are such like these portals into, like they're very private. They're these very mm-hmm. private devices that we have. And yet like we use this as like a portal to like enter into other people's like worlds and whatnot via TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. And so, like a lot of times, like, I mean, I'm watching some real dumb shit on Instagram <laughs> and TikTok and then I'm like really embarrassed by it. I go on rabbit holes of like being like, who's the, who's the wife of this person's blah, blah, blah. And then I, I feel like a stalker. I'm <laughs> like, the amount of time I waste on Instagram and TikTok is like really dumbfounding and actually makes me feel, I'm glad I'm admitting this because it makes me feel really guilty actually. Do you watch the TikTok lives? Because that's the real, the real rabbit hole I got into once. Oh my gosh. No, I, I don't want to open that door for you, but once I got so bored that I like clicked, because it's always like live, live. And then it was like a chat roulette, but you they don't see you. And it really feels like surfing, like when they call surfing the web, I'm like, it actually feels like that because there's times when I'm like, I'm deep underwater because I'm like, what is it? Like, I'm like in a space, I'm like, I don't like any of it. Like, there's just teenagers looking at you or whatever. I'm like, no, no, no. And then sometimes you get into something that's more chill. Usually it's a lot of astrology for me where I'm like, ah, I don't want this, but this is safe. Like someone reading tarot. <laughs> and then it just, it's like, it's a, it's the wild woods out there. Um, there is something yeah. thrilling about it. And none of it's stuff that I would actually go seek out. But then I kind of, there, I kind of, I don't know if it's the same, same for you, but warriors. there's. We're all we Yeah. All, and like fucking we really have all become these like perverted people <laughs> and it's totally normalized and it's like if anything i mean like i'm not here to talk about the pitfalls of social media because that's like such a well trod upon topic that everyone has an opinion about it's like it helps us but it ruins us it helps us but it destroys young minds you know sort of thing helps us stay connected but atrophies the brain and it's like yes these are all true i i do believe all these things but so does everything. I mean, in nature, like a thunderstorm helps life, but also destroys. I I don't know. I know that's like stretchy. Okay, me. I'll, I'll, enough of the nature. But Your fucking nature book is really <laughs> into everything. I am very natured out. It's yeah. I don't know why, but um, I don't know. I think it's like people used to say that shit about um, like the 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 book the authors you're referencing. Like Dostoevsky is controversial, you know, like. Is yeah, but like, creepy, I don't think that like, but... Madison Beers is on the same fucking wavelength as like, <laughs> like, I literally become so, it's so fucked up. Like, I'll just, I'll Google, this is about, okay, I'm really getting into the confession. This is like, I'm really like, I'm just like admitting more and more. Like, I'll literally just like look up like the age of like an Instagram, like TikTok or like whatever, a fucking TikToker. Uh huh. You get mad. Uh huh. <laughs> fucking. No, it's like 19. Pound, yeah. Wow. 90 pound fucking 18 year old has just millions of dollars. I get so angry at it. And then I'm like, <laughs> who the fuck is this person? Where they come from? Oh, fucking. Oh, they're from Louisville, Kentucky. Piece of shit. And I just get, get oh my God. Do I really need to stop it? Cause it's like, I'm a busy person. And then I can, <laughs> like, like, I'm busy. And then I'll just like take like a sabbatical for an hour, just being like, oh, oh, it's oh, mad. Oh. Wait, I have a question. When you okay, because we're talking about taste, and like obviously there's sort of this implied like these people are kind of bimbos and famous for something stupid. What? How would you feel if you found out like Madison Beer was like super into the same like like dense authors you were? Like, would it annoy you more? 
Oh, what? Uh, <laughs> I think it would be kind of cool. I don't know. I don't really, also like, I'm painting with a wide brush and making generalizations. I don't really hate these people. I don't have like that much like energy to do that. But no, like, I know what you mean, though. There's an element of, like, we want to believe that they're not perfect. Like, they're dumb, you know. Also, not- like, the fact that, like, okay, I got into a Instagram rabbit hole the other day because there's, like, this account that basically just, like, shows when, like, people are Photoshopping themselves and Photoshopping videos and filtering videos and whatnot. And it's, like, because we all live, you know, we put these people on mm-hmm. a pedestal, the fucking Kardashians, the Jenners, whatever. And we look at them and we're like, wow, like, how do you even achieve that? And then, like, yeah. like literally altering the size of their waist in a photo, which I think is, like, so dangerous. Because you are literally yeah. showing an impossible dimension of a human body. And, act, and then being like, this is not only achievable, it's, like, what we should all be striving for. And it's literally a physical impossibility hmm. that it, like, makes me really angry that that is just peripheralated in society and so many, like, young, impressionable girls. And even me, dude, I'm 32, and I'm like, oh, why don't I look like that? I can't imagine if I was, like, 15. So I guess, like, okay, yeah, Madison Beers being into fucking, uh, uh-huh. you know, a dense fucking author, I'm like, that would be great, because I'm like, then maybe she would talk about it, and she'd be uh-huh. like, hot girl with a fucking, like, a hot girl who's a size zero talking about something cool instead of just being like, I literally am just This is so interesting, though, because we went from, like, I don't know if you noticed, but we went from, like, okay, I like trashy stuff to, like, then you kind of intellectualize it a little bit. And so, and then when you intellectualize it, you are definitely way more, like, oh, yeah, forthcoming. You're like, yes, see, we live in this world and things are this and that, which... I find so fascinating because I do, I mean, I'll say I relate to this a lot. I'm also, very, like, my favorite movie is 13 Going on 30, which is, like, trash. Oh, yeah. But I love, like, shitty rom-coms. Like, the first day of film school, I went to NYU, and I, like, literally people were going around saying they're, they're like, Fellini, whatever, their favorite movies. And I'm like, that's your favorite movie? Like, I was, like, a 17-year-old. I'm like, I like Zoolander. And everyone's like, what the fuck is <laughs> Like, what's wrong with you? But I was like, that's the movie I've watched the most. Isn't that the definition of favorite? Like, I wasn't, like, trying to name directors I knew. I was just like, yeah, we're getting to know each other. And then I felt really dumb. And You're I, like you know, Vernon Herzog. It <laughs> truly was like, oh, shit, I'm doing film school wrong. But now it makes sense because I do comedy. But uh, it truly, I relate to that because the element of, like, yeah, you have all that knowledge in your head, but your goal is to see the world better. And, yeah, maybe I guess you want people to like you too, but you, it makes sense that you also enjoy this junk food stuff you know what I mean like yeah. I think all of that is popular for a reason and you're just able to take cut out the middle stuff like the the you cut out like the I feel like the stuff that's like not good that's not quite too so trashy and not super highbrow like you like super low <laughs> super highbrow yeah no it's like I mean that's like a kind of yeah there's like a binary I think it's because like I'll feel guilty about watching that shit but then I'm like well now I gotta watch like I, and now I now I need to watch like a fucking German film to like you know cleanse <laughs> my palate you know so what's what's uh what are some TikTok uh, besides Madison Beers like what are you say like you get really into rabbit holes like are there any examples of like like um like I'm on astrology be, TikTok like what's your what's love- your rabbit hole I love cringy shit. I just love like, and, and I think that we all like in this, there's this embrace of cringe. Like, I think that what's funny about like our 
uh, generation, like millennials, like we just like don't want to be uncool. Like we've kind of grown mm. up being like, I want to be cool. I want to be cool. Like I just want to be yeah. cool. And I think that like Gen Zers are actually like, I'm lame. And then uh-huh. you're like, whoa, like, and there's kind of something like green about it. But, like, dude, I don't know if you like follow certain like meme accounts or like Instagram accounts of just literally all they post is like cringe content of people that like, like, oh, there's like this whole thing of men on TikTok trying to like thirst trap, literally like doing weird those POV videos where they're like, "Hey, good morning, babe." Oh my god, I've seen the the lesbian like, versions of that, but I'm only imagining that they might like, which I don't mind that much because it's usually like, uh, like, but they are super thirst trap. They're like, "This is my thirst trap," and it's just like a a hot like like um like a stud who's like, "Oh yeah, look, wake up. Oh here, check out my neck tattoo," and I'm like. I mean, you're hot. It's fine, but it is. <laughs> Honestly, it's very shit that you're gonna be like, this is not okay. And I. But think I would not want straight men on my feet doing that. <laughs> really creepy, and I think that we're just priming society to be like completely okay with like. I think okay, this is. I don't even think this is a stretch because I'm like, why? I, I'm just looking at the logical step of this. This is AI is going like literally like AI is gonna be the next thing with this because it's going to be like literally like people that are just strapped in chairs wally style wearing like an oculus rift wearing a vr yeah. and then like having like a fucking i don't know just a machine a dildo attached to a machine <laughs> and fucking, like something like that a, a fleshlight and then just having somebody be like hey what's up i made us some co- i woke up early and chopped some wood and make it made us some coffee oh my god no because ah. that's what it's like they do weird yeah they literally have abs and like Good morning, beautiful. And you're like, whoa, oh. get the fuck out of my phone. Like, it's like, so yikes. Crazy. They do it. It's interesting you say that because there's an element now that it used to be we used the phone as a portal, like you said, to like talk to our friends. And now we use the phone like a person almost, like, because you can do that. And I mean, like, I do think there is a bit of a generational gap. Like, I don't know how many millennials are doing that unless they're like trying to keep up. But I do think natively, like, the Gen Z and younger, they will talk to like their followers, quote unquote, but like one person. Like, it's not like, hey, I hope someone sees this and reaches out because they like me. It's like, I don't care. I'm getting the um, the feeling of talking to someone life. already. You want to, I mean, look, just to take, um, to get psychoanalytical about it, the reason why uh, AM, like, radio, like, people like Rush Limbaugh mm. and, um, and uh, Alex Jones radicalize people is because, one, you are listening usually to the radio by yourself. It's not really a social thing. Yeah. And, two... They're talking to you. They're not saying like, we need to blah, blah, blah. Like it's time, they try to make what you can tell by their rhetoric is they make it very one-on-one and very personal. So then when you are on your hour long commute to your job Mm. and you put on Alex Jones and he's talking to you, you know, these take like, you feel so much more attached to him, so much more attached to the movement. And you can really take that same sort of thing with like influencers like they're making yeah. it really personal to go through this portal which is you you like it is your phone is really just for you and talking to you trying to look you in the eyes you know they make you feel like you matter i mean like that that's like the nice part and then the bad part is they they weaponize that to be like you need to attack the capital but like yeah. it, by, it by is the shake Sometimes I like the ones that are like just affirmations. I, I can't lie. Like I used to hate those on Instagram, but something about TikTok, it, it's like I'm not looking for if I'm scrolling and someone's just like, hey, I hope you know you have like, 
it doesn't matter what you did today. It like an algorithm. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Mine's negative. Mine's a negative algorithm. <laughs> oh, no. I don't like algorithms. Just the funny thing about those is like, you know, I think that there used to be so much more unification in the fact that we would all kind of consume the same type of media. Like, you know, and I'm not mm-hmm. talking about, you know, 60 years ago when there's only like four TV stations and whatnot. I'm talking about even like not that long ago. It's like, you know, people watch the same movie in a box office, you know, mm. we like, you know, we watch kind of the same content. We kind of watch the same TV shows. We watch the same, like, well, and our know, feeds movies. actually literally used to just be the same, like the same. before they, yes. yeah. Advertising. We could all even reference a commercial or an advertisement because we all saw the same one. Yeah. Now it is completely like the, our lack of connection is really, you can, I feel like you can trace it and just like, algorithms and social media platforms because it's so hyper-focused and catered to you that like Hmm. your algorithm even though we're both women we're both comedians we both like we should actually have similar you know I bet we don't at all okay I have a I have a um uh not a not a what's a counter to that because I think that in the transition, that might be true because we used to connect on the surface, like the lowest common denominator, sitcoms, whatever. I feel that we're now doing more like deep neural network learning, like spiders, you know, like we're, <laughs> there's, there's no central feed, but I do kind of feel like the specificity of the weird TikTok holes you go into do have a lot of followers. And if you can get like three or four, I don't know, that you're really deep into, and then you have your friends in the real world, you, I feel like, can build a stronger support network of people who are like you, even though they're all more spread out. That's my counter, because I, I, I don't know if I, I kind of am a bit of a fan of the algorithm being decentralized. I, there's times when I watch a video that's like random because I'm researching something, and the ad on YouTube is like something completely not for me. Like once I was watching a kids' show, and it was like, the ad was like, hey, we're all teachers and I'm like no we're not and yeah. but I like that because then it didn't I just ignored it like it literally wasn't like bleeding into my brain at all but I don't well, know I kind of like that well see I don't like because I fall for because it's got advertising is is just such a fascinating and intelligent design I mean it mm. really yeah, there's people that that you know marketers and everything and advertisers they you get this degree where you're actually really learning about the human psyche. You're really That's... learning about the psychology of people and sociology and, and what people desire, what they want to present as versus what they actually want, all of these things. And, you know, I think when I watched, when I would, I don't know, let's say you're at a hotel and you're just scrolling on like the regular cable TV and then it has like an advertisement for like, you know, fucking OxyClean. You're like, okay, whatever, you know. <laughs> but then now all, all of my ads, like on Instagram, it's, I, I'm telling you, I'm addicted to my phone. That's like the, that's my confession. Um, but I, uh-huh. I will have, it's like how, uh, yeah, everyone is. Um, but I, these ads really keep me there and they hold me there and they prey mm. upon my insecurities so much. Damn. The amount of things that get advertised to me that is like anti-aging, um, wow. like skin it's all skincare or it's like shapers, like weird, like getting cellulite sucked up, like anti-cellulite, like uh, it's all to like alter my face or my body. Wow. It's all like that. I and get, I- we, I get a lot of, uh, ADHD and therapy ads, which makes sense. But I'm like, I thought that was just like in the zeitgeist for everyone. And then I found like, I was asking my boyfriend and he does not get those. He gets like sneakers and like crypto. And I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Like, I interesting. Mine, 
my ads are literally just like preying upon my fears of like you better do this to your face or damn it's crazy dude that is dangerous i used to be able to really like just kind of be like eh whatever like yeah here's a fucking advertisement for a laundry detergent or a lawnmower whatever and now it's like every ad is like hey like even oh my god everything every product is catered to me it's like shows me that like shoes i like shows me fucking like advertises dermatology care like 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 uh, clothing i like all of the i mean but do you like it so that's the real question like is there a part of you that's like i don't like that i like that or are you like oh thank you for okay some of it i don't like that i like some of it i i found that it's more negative than positive i do i I will say there's things that i'm like oh that's a cute top and then i buy it i'm like hell yeah that was great thanks instagram and then there's other things that i'm like why is my brain Mm. occupied by these thoughts and really these fears because i think advertising works really well and not convincing somebody to buy something it's it's not being like hey like get this and you can require this it's like you better get this or this one it's Uh, always that i feel like that's always the looming kind of like you don't want this to happen it's like like, oh you need this without it you're not full damn that's that yeah i mean yeah i guess i'm a little naive when it comes to the algorithm because i love to like i've heard that from um like my boyfriend will like look at finance stuff and then it's like all this toxic shit and i'm like what is this but it's so hard to i wonder if in the future there's going to be like another i don't know if it's an app or a service but you can apply a type of like a positive algorithm from like like maybe because it develops to you right but like, maybe you're like oh i want to have that point of view and then you can it. I don't know. That could be interesting because have you ever swiped with someone? Like, um, that's something I feel like people don't do, but every once in a while I'll get curious and I want to like show someone my feed. Cause I'm like, I want to sh- see the difference. And then you can't let them do it. Cause then it will tune to their likes. You have to like swipe with them watching. And then I feel like it's a way for people to see how you view the world, which I think would be cool if you, we could actually put that, share that, like share, what you're liking but i don't know how to do that i feel like though because i will say this you're like your question of like do you like what they show you or you you hate that you like it it's like yes to all of it i mean like i'm like yeah like that's cool like i wouldn't have known about this skincare tool whatever but then i'm like wait why do i need to know about this skincare Mm. tool why am i so fixated on this thing or so scared of this thing happening like that's like and so a lot of it is like I think about this quite a bit. Sometimes I don't know if I'm conditioned, aka brainwashed into thinking a certain way, or I actually mm. am in my own volition want this thing. So for example, I, I'm i a pretty feminine woman, I would say, even though uh, my voice is deep. But um, I don't know, sometimes I talk like a dude, whatever. But uh, in terms of the way I present, like I love wearing dresses, I wear skirts, I wear I dress very femininely. Mm-hmm. And a part, of, and I love it. Like I like wearing makeup. I like having my nails done. I like wearing heels. And I'm constantly in this like, do I actually like it, or was I conditioned to like it? Like, am mm. I? Do I have Stockholm syndrome when it comes to my likes? Am I just in love with my captor? Am I just in love <laughs> with like you know like? Am I? Actually- all a little bit, right? Like life is kind of a prison if you think about it, and we all want to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> But that's interesting you asked that because you asked that almost in a way where you're removing your 
agency now? Because I've thought that sometimes too, but then it's like, then ask yourself, what do you like now? I think it's like, yes, there is a pattern of what you have liked, but I mean, I chopped off all my hair last year and I don't know that I definitely like it, like honestly, but I was like, I want to try it because I had like blonde long hair and I like that. And then now sometimes I miss that. But it, it gives me the freedom to present differently. And, and before I was presenting in a way I like to, but it also wouldn't allow me flexibility. So sometimes I think, uh, we get stuck in like what we did before and well like what do you want now and then maybe you liked it because of your captor and then you discovered but now you like heels and even if your captor quote unquote was like fuck heels you'd be like well fuck you so I think there's a degree of like change necessary uh, allowable but also a degree of like ownership like taking it back of what you do like I do feel like now that you ask that I, I do feel like I actually do really like these things and what, what I like about them is because because I can I think mentally and emotionally maybe present very masculine. I think I really want to counter that by hmm. presenting very physically as feminine because it makes me feel like I have more leeway to be hmm. like, hey, fucking this fucking guy. <laughs> like, you know, I can, I feel more comfortable being, that's really my true self is like a fucking, uh, you know, talking like I'm a mechanic in Jersey. That's really me. Oh. I I want to feel, I want to feel like not just safe. That's a weird word, but I want to be. No, I mean that is the word. I feel like they're like, yeah, hey, like there. That's that, the therapy word. <laughs> yeah, I want to be able to express that side of me. That's like, you know, kind of like funny and masculine. But then I also like, but I I am a woman and would like to be considered like an attractive lady. You know, it's a weird, I mean, we want it all. No, it, it, it's not weird. We are in a world that is, di like, still very much just beauty standards are dictated by straight men. And even even within, like, now I see, like, younger women coming out, like, in the lesbian community, they, and there's more, it's so weird to say this, because I don't know if this is the right term, but it feels like there's, like, toxic masculinity starting in the young lesbian community, where there's, oh, like, yeah. policing of, yeah, and the, also, like, policing of what, like, hotness and the whole idea of like queerness to me is about liking who you like and not having to agree with everyone but now there's like oh if you don't like this type of lesbian or you have to look like this to be a lesbian and you're like what like this is literally just like the straightness but like in lesbian form um and yeah I don't know I wait I I'm like literally I'm not on my ADHD meds and I started that sentence and forgot why I did oh because you're talking about making space so I think it's not, you don't have to feel bad for yourself that you sometimes care what people think. Because, I mean, first of all, we're comedians. But second of all, the world tells you to do that. So I think you taking ownership and knowing is like a first step to be like, well, what do I like and how do I control it? Yeah. But I, oh, I will say this very interesting that that kind of ties into, I feel, I don't know if there's a real connection, but to me, I see a connection between you saying like, you want to be like able to act more like masculine, so you dress hyper femme. That feels like relative, relatively close to the relation between like you're like highbrow, like dense literature and films, and then also wanting to like enjoy just like junky reality TV. Like, well, do you feel like, like there's a similarity there? I didn't even think about that. Um, I, I had no, I didn't I never made a connection between those things, but I guess so. I mean, that's the thing, it's like, um, you know, there's a wide spectrum. I hope everyone is on a very wide spectrum of likes and dislikes. Mm -hmm. and, uh, 
you know, presentation and whatnot. And uh, there's not just like a binary. It's not just like this and this. It's like all of it and every everything in between. Um, I never made that connection, but yeah, maybe. I think it's like, I think really what it is at heart is that I'm kind of like a uh, redneck. <laughs> okay, wait, What in what way? I like trashy, I like some trashy shit. And okay. I like to like uh, talk, I love like talking about nasty shit with my friends and like drinking beer, Uh huh. you know? Uh, like just ha- I, I the subject matter that I talk about with my friends behind closed doors is like truly vile we're discussing <laughs> and and yet I want to be like wear a pearl necklace at a like socialite ball like I, yeah. I, I truly have both of those things in me like I, I really enjoy oysters and like I love oysters. I don't think that's weird at all. Like, literally, you're just describing being a three-dimensional human. But I do think it's, in terms of, it makes sense that advertising would be your foe because advertising squashes the 3D, makes it 2D, and goes, because they'll go, like, our customer enjoys boats, and then that's it, right? And they're like, this customer enjoys camping outdoors. But sometimes those are the same customer. But in their mind, they're like, two separate people. This person enjoys outdoors. This person stays at home. And you're like... That's really, that's so true. I think that there's, like, there's a flattening, uh, there's a two-dimensionality that is, like, put upon people because of algorithms. And I think that I just, like, um, I think that's why I get maybe that's why I have such strong feelings about it because I feel like, you know, I'm like, I'm not seen. And it's like the first thing you want to be seen by is other people. And then it's like, well, fucking this goddamn like brilliant computer can't even do it. Doesn't even have the capacity <laughs> to see all of this. How the fuck can a human being do it then? Who is like mm. limited with only their perspective? How can like this like incredible device? that we have mm. designed that has just so many, because that can draw so many connections. Cause that's the thing, they just make shortcuts where it's like, you like boats and therefore like A, B, C, D, uh-huh. they, it's like a linear thought process of like, if you like this, then you must like this. But it's like, that's why like people have a very difficult time. I tell people like, don't really ever buy me. Like, if you're going to get me like a gift, like just don't get me clothes or like shoes that are <laughs> such specific taste. Cause they're like, oh, you know, dresses like she wears vintage clothes. Like she'll probably like this. And I'm like, not at all. Like you're just like- it's so it's specific, right? So specific, but it's like, just cause I like this doesn't mean that I like them. That's like, it's such a really like, I like, it's weird. Like even when it comes to just all of my interests, and like things I like to do, it's like, like I love, I'm like a risk taker, I would say, but only in mm. terms of like, like a psychically, if that makes sense. Like I psychically, love, well, I just like doing mushrooms. I like doing acid. Oh yeah, like, yeah, okay. I'll do any drug, to be honest with you, I'll go on like a crazy adventure. I'll go to like a rave and take ecstasy from a stranger. Like I'm crazy. <laughs> I'll do that shit. If you were like, oh, do you like a, uh, you know, skydiving? I'm like, absolutely not. I would never do that in my life. <laughs> So you, your mind, yeah, your mind's more risky than your body. Yeah, that's 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 fun though because when you're talking about gifts, I'm like, I feel like I'm the same way. But then I really like when someone gives gives me something that's really them, and then to me, then I feel like I'm like if someone gives me like a like my dad gives me he gave me like a shirt because he works at the patent office. Like that's like uh, just kind of ugly. Just says U.S. Patent Office, but then I'm like, oh, I can like cut this up and make this cool. But to me, I'm like wearing a thing that represents my dad, but. If he was like, let me get you a blazer that I think you like, it would not be right. You know what I mean? Because it's like now I don't have you or me in it. 
But that's really interesting. I, uh, okay, I want to end with one question that I feel will tie this up. Um, if like you're also a public person online putting content out, so you know people can the window goes both ways. So what do you think your audience tastes are like? You know what I mean? Like somebody who watches you or comes to your comedy on their for you page, are, are in your mind are they liking the same things you like or like? What what in your mind is the like if you were to like put it into like a bullet point like okay I my audience that. kind of yeah I'm curious like. Or is it all over the place? Like, what do you think the person who's scrolling and sees you, how that algorithm got them there? Uh, well, apparently they like yappy broads. That's definitely some, <laughs> that's the only universality between them is that they like a yappy broad. Um, I'll say this, like the nice thing about doing standup is that you kind of have a live understanding of the people that like your stuff. Like yeah. you know, over like years of doing it, people that come up to you after shows, people that you see laugh at your jokes, people that follow you on social media, like you actually do have a face kind of to, um, and a demographic to people that actually like your stuff. When I first started doing comedy, I was really surprised that a lot of like bros mm. are into me, like are into my comedy. They're like, <laughs> you're so funny, dude. Like, oh, and they'll always say this. It's like, I've had this said to me so many times after a show, we'll be like, dude, I loved your joke about like, um, like that, like whatever, that kind of like loser dude. Like my friend Tyler's exactly like that. Ah. That's you, bro. Like I'm making That's so fun funny. Like they don't think they're like, oh, like when you make fun of those dumb guys. I'm like, yeah, I'm making fun of you, dude. Like, it gives them an excuse to feel like they're part of the girls because you're part of the guys. Like you create that space for them. Yeah, but I think, I mean, I cater a lot. I mean, I don't think about who I cater my comedy to. I just find something funny. And then I don't really think about the result as to like, you know, I don't think about really the consumer too much. I mean, yeah, I but I'm just curious, like if like let's not not that you're doing it strategically, but like if the, someone was surfing, you know, like you, I you would are. Like, I mean, I I do a lot of comedy that is because um, I I feel like I cater a lot. My voice caters a lot to women to kind of like, hey, like the I'm gonna say the things that we wish we could say, but mm -hmm. we also like like as a straight woman, it sucks because you kind of are like oh, I am attracted to men, but also, like, I fucking hate them sometimes, and they don't understand <laughs> me, and they're so annoying, and I think so many women are like, yes, but I can't even fucking say that, because then they'll take it personally, and, like, right. there's a platform for, like, women to kind of, like, complain about men, but also be like, but we love you, like, I embrace you, like, I'm not, I don't hate men in any way, shape, or form, I fucking love men, I have, so many of my friends are men, they're fucking, <laughs> I'm like, I love men. Cancelled, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, no, I, I really do. But it's like, can we love something and also talk about, you know, the thing that yeah. you're us with it? And it's like, and not have them be like, whoa, I'm so offended. It's like, I'm just exploring that space. And I think a lot of women uh, can identify with that. And that makes me happy. I love making like young women laugh. And also like, I'm super happy to be a sacrificial lamb with my sex life. <laughs> I'm very much like, Oh, like I will just talk on stage about some horrible sexual experiences that I've had and just how much I'm a slut and all of these things. And so many, that's like so many women, like we still very much are antiquated in like a slut shaming mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. And it's like so many women, they're all on the same page. Women fuck, okay? And they probably fuck a lot of guys, but they won't say it because it's yeah. a different connotation. It's like if a guy, I fucks a bunch of chicks, like, he's a player. If a girl <laughs> fucks a bunch of dudes, she's a fucking, like, loose slut. 
And it's like, no, let's like take that back. So I don't know. I guess my demographic, well, I, cause it's interesting. Yeah. It's like bros that I'm like, that to me, if you showed me a picture of them, I'd be like, oh, in high school, that was my worst nightmare. You know, like That's those so are the funny. guys that make In, in some right. ways it's like bros and maybe the woman who liked bros because it, in a way, like, or did at some point because hearing you say like, oh, you kind of give a voice to these women who didn't have a place to say it. But more than just the voice and them hearing it, they also see the reaction. Like, you're not, like, you're not getting guys being like, fuck, I'm offended. Like, they like it. And yeah, maybe they're not getting the whole picture. But then when the other women see that, I think it's creating safety for them to be like, oh, I can feel this way. And guys know that. And they'll still accept me because they see you being accepted. It's like women, look, we're all aware. Women, we're also shitty. Oh, my God. Uh I'm such a brat. Like, I complain about stuff. Like, to my boyfriend, I can be so bratty and just such a petulant like child <laughs> and like we like you know we're women are little sensitive beings and we like can complain a lot i i fucking feel that way you know and it's like let's talk about it you know <laughs> but it's like yeah. um i think in terms of like my whatever the people that are like like my shit scrolling on my feed and whatnot would they like the same things as me i think maybe especially like i mean i don't know my comedy is pretty wide ranging like i, de- I definitely have like this whole bit about being an ex-skater dater and I think a lot of like <laughs> women are, can identify with that but also dudes are like oh that's so funny like yeah like that's that's a thing because yeah, there's always the guys that weren't skaters and hated the skaters I think your audience would because they like you um if they didn't start from the like books and stuff you read they would then be interested in it through your point of view. And I think that's the cool part about doing comedy is you start from like maybe what you feel like is just a universal dating experience, but then your point of view comes through and then they might go, oh, I want to hear Nina talk about like Let's Call Jay or whatever. And then they're like, oh, maybe I should read that book. But then they see it through your eyes, which I think is really cool. Yeah, maybe not cult, maybe like a, a, like an Oprah, maybe like a, like a, and you I know, start a tastemaker. Like, that's, <laughs> that's my thing. I start fucking, I go Alex Jones on their ass via uh-huh. TikTok. Um, yeah. Hopefully for for better better progress. But uh, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I feel like this was a fun talk and it really like came back around. Um, hopefully you're not embarrassed or ashamed. I think there's nothing wrong with liking Love is Blind. I enjoy it as well. Um, is there, or tell people where they can follow you. I know you have a podcast if you want to plug it or whatever, things like that. Yeah, um, please listen to Girls on Guys. Um, we're on all the platforms for it, YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. You can follow our socials. We release an episode every Tuesday. And yeah, I'm at Pizza Party 69 on Instagram and Nina Tar on TikTok. And, uh, Sweet. Yeah. I think I'm, I'll be on an episode of that pod that has not come out yet, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're releasing. Oh, cool. We're so y- y'all, but just check it out. It's uh, super fun. It's has had a great time. You can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod on Instagram and follow me at Teresa Lee Bot on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you. Thank you for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. You Can Tell Me Anything is a comedic podcast created and produced by Teresa Lee on the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. The Hoo Ha Ha team is Ashley McAtee, Audrey Povar, Maggie Wheat Austin, Cardi Assad, and Stephanie Binot. The theme song for this podcast was created by Cody Johnston. The outro music was written by Shipwreck Sailor. 
and the Hoo Ha app can be found in the Apple Store to stream your favorite comedy series and laugh out loud podcasts by the funniest woman in comedy. To contact this podcast specifically, you can email tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at tellmeanythingpod. Thank you.